This guy was semi-retired. He put the good easy life on pause to come into Web3 after a drunk night. Some know him as Icebags, others as the mastermind behind Camp Pie Pandas, an NFT lifestyle brand that throws lavish parties, real life concerts, betting tournaments, and even helps single guys find the love of their lives. No, not in NFTs, but real guys. This collection took seven months to sell out. I know, yikes. But now each NFT is valued at thousands of dollars and they just brought on the UFC champ, Johnny Bones to be one of their newest ambassadors. With new developments, clothing, IP, and Web2 expansions, this conversation is probably one of my favorites so far. We talked about the pandas, we talked about gambling, and what the future holds. So without any further ado, let's dive right in. All right, cool. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're back with another episode. Today we have Ice. What is going on? Welcome to the Seed Phrase Show. How are you? What's up, brother? All good. How I'm uh, really excited to have you. You guys are doing a lot of things. You're making a lot of noise. One of the first things I said was I like that merch. I'm probably going to go ahead and try to get me some right after this podcast. But uh, I've heard you say before, right, on another podcast, pretty much, or on a space, you're like, before Kanpai Pandas, uh, or Kanpai Pandas came from a drunk decision, in a sense, right? So walk me through what was life before you made that drunk decision, and why do you think it led you to this decision right here, which is coming into the NFT space? What was what was life like before, or what yeah. was what was what was life your life like before? before? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a lot different now. It was it was pretty much on easy mode. Um, yeah, so. You know, I've, I've built business of businesses over the last 15 years, uh, still own most of them, uh, restaurants, mostly real estate related. I've still got over a hundred employees. I just have other people that, you know, manage those businesses now. Um, but I got into crypto pretty much full-time in 18, uh, which is, I've never been a trader. I'm not, a, I'm not a day trader. I'll buy a spot position and hold it for a long time. Um, link was probably one of my really, really big ones early. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I've, and I've, and I've flipped, you know, NFTs for a while and just kind of been in the space and opportunity arose, you know, with this project, uh, I'd helped kind of the meta back in the day was, you know, honoraries, right? You want to get honoraries and all the influencers hands, and then all of a sudden it'll sell out. So this project was, was pretty hyped up, even though it was kind of in the bear market, you were talking about April of 2022. So everything was definitely like on the downtrend. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it was the market was OK. Um, so they had like, I don't know, 20,000 people on the white list. Uh, I had put honoraries in like, I don't know, like 45 influencers hands and the contract broke. Uh, and the yeah, so it was, it was a fucked up situation. So the kind of the funny part of it is I'm sitting in the high limits at a casino with one of my buddies <laughs> and they had uh, I had gotten an invite and they called me and it was like Saturday. So they said, hey, we're, we're taking a plane over to uh, Augusta to watch uh, the masters. And I think tiger was like up in the top five. I've never walked Augusta. I'm like hundred percent in, they got this mint going on tonight. That's all good. We're going to go party tonight, gamble, and then fly to and walk, you know, Augusta on Sunday. And uh, the mint breaks at like, we're sitting in the high limits drinking and, and trying to mint these things at like seven o'clock at night and it breaks. And so of course it turns into a complete shit show. Um, I'd been in the NFTs. Like I bought a bunch of punks and stuff when they were like in the thirties. Uh, but I'd never minted. It wasn't something I was chasing. I wasn't in there, you know, the gen minting everything that came out. So that was the first time I ever like really spent time in a discord 
um, at that, that night I was kind of hoping it was probably like the last time I ever had to go into a discord because it was like rug, 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 you know, people are cussing, screaming, whatever. So talk with the team, I'm like, look, you got, you know, you got several options here. You know, you can kind of try to fix it, you know, save yourself, make a comeback. Uh, you can refund all the money and just say, Hey, we're going to do this at a later, later date or just don't do it at all. Um, or, you know, I'll take it over. And they were like, well, why don't you just take it over? So I literally, it's probably 11 o'clock at night at this point. I went straight back home. I skipped the masters. I'm on my back porch, continuing, you know, drinking a couple bottles of wine and I'm on Twitter. Like I'm taking over a project, you know, I'm going to save the day here. And if anybody wants to help, you know, help me out. So Primo from Layer Zero hit me in, in Telegram and he's like, hey, bro, like Ghostly Ghost had just launched. So it's like the first like Layer Zero Omni, Omni-Chain project uh, like two days before. And so he's like, let's do it Omni-Chain. So we went down that road. Um, you know, they helped us set up all the contracts. Uh, we thought it was going to be, okay, this would be, this would be the thing, right? I put my name on it and ETH minted out really quickly at that point. We capped it at like, hey, mm. it was like at 1100 or something. It minted out immediately. And we're like, all right, this is perfect. We're just going to mint on seven other or six other chains at this time. Um, and it'll mint out quickly. It took seven months. So seven months wasn't exactly, you know, a quick mint out. Um, as you know, you've been in the space, like yep. any kind of mint that takes over fucking two weeks at this time is like dead. Right. Two weeks, more like two minutes. Yeah, right. It's yeah, like, if you don't sell on two so, minutes, your project. Yeah, so seven there. months is 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 really hard to come back from. Let's say, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. So, so going from there, you know, we didn't have. Any I can time. see you in your body language, just telling this story. You're like, when you say seven months, you're like, dude, it was hell. It it was it was <laughs> unbelievable. It was a it was a shit ton of work. Um, I put up like six hundred thousand dollars out of my own pocket because we didn't have mint funds. Wow. I'm like, so the first thing we did was crazy. I had to pull some major strings. I got a suite at Allegiant Stadium, right? And so nobody has, I don't, I don't know of any other project that has a suite at a major stadium. So we get all the Las mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders games. We get all the concerts, all that stuff. They've got all kinds of stuff going on year round. So nice. I was like, all right, I'm going to put this. It's a 15 year lease. I'm like, all right, we're going to sign this. Either it's going to work and, and we're going to do well, or I'm going to watch a lot of fucking Raiders games. I'm going to, you know, apparently be a Raiders fan from here on out. <laughs> so we did that. Still didn't mint out for months and months and months. Uh, but we just kept grinding, man. Just kept grinding. I mean, we threw a full festival, Pandemonium, which is going to be our annual festival. We threw that in August. We still weren't minted out. You know, wow. we had like we had maybe twelve hundred holders, and I rented out a place that 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 fits fifteen thousand people, and threw a you know a very expensive concert. Did that um, sell out? Did the concert sell out? What's that? Did the concert sell out? It was it was strictly holders only. Oh my god! And how many oh, yeah. people showed up? We had maybe two thousand people there. Wow. Which is a lot that's of people, you know that's what I mean? It's a lot of people. Yeah, that's pretty good. But not when you've got, you know, a 10,000 collection. Now, yeah. this, this year is going to be quite different. I mean, obviously, the tables have turned. We continue to grind. It minted out. Um, we were pretty much the hottest project from, like, September mint out all the way probably through February. I mean, if you look yeah. at our chart versus everybody else's charts, we were, we were just steadily climbing. We went from... I mean, I think we were at like 0.12 at one time and then we ran up to like 2.6 and then pulled back a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but it's been fun. Like there's a lot of potential here. Um, and I knew that, I knew that for a long time, but that's, that's kind of what gets me excited. It's like, now I see that we're building something that has a chance to last for a long time. Yeah. Now the vision is clear. I want to re- reverse back here before we dive deeper into the NFT stuff is you're like, there's an opportunity here, right? Obviously it kind of just fell into your lap. 
you didn't have to do this, but you decided to. When you decided to take over an NFT project, did you think it was going to be this hard? And did you do it because you thought there's an IP that I can sell here in X amount of years? Or what really made you want to do it? So I really wanted to do it because I wanted to do something that hadn't been done before. Like I've seen a couple of projects here and there try to do like a mix of Web 2 and Web 3. Um, and, and, you know, my background is I'm not, I'm not a computer guy. You know, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a coder. I like to go out and party. I like to go have fun. I like to watch sports. I like to go to events. And I'm like a lot of my friends in the space do, too, as well. There's there's a demand for this. If it's done right, it just hasn't been done right yet. And so that's really what what made me start down that path was like, okay, you know, I've got free time on my hands. I like to build shit. I like to manage teams. Uh, there's an opportunity here. Like, let's do it. So, and, and I talked about this previously, you know, one of the biggest things that kept me going was I put my name on it, Yeah. you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm semi doxxed, uh, but like just, just the way I'm built, if I put my name on something, then I'm going to follow through with it. And that's, that's really probably the biggest thing that, that made me just stick through and, and grind through all the bullshit. Yeah. And where do you see KMPI being five years from now before we talk to where it is now? Uh, a global brand, 100%. Uh, if you look at what we're doing with like, you know, sponsorships, uh, you know, uh, collaborations, uh, apparel. Apparel is one of the bigger things that we're doing to get like the name out there in Web2 uh, and not even necessarily tying it back to NFTs right now. Now, we will, we will in the future because that's, that's what we are. We're, we're an NFT project. Uh, but it is, I mean, if you look at it at the base layer, it's a, it's a web three access pass with a PFP attached to it. And then we're branching out from there. You know, I'm a business guy. I know we need multiple revenue sources. If we're going to build this really big, it's got to be done outside of web three. Uh, web three is just not big enough. We don't have enough participants yeah. right now to grow a real brand. Um, now Ford eight, you know, has, if it, you know, look, they got a $3 billion valuation, hate them or, or love them. Doesn't matter. They're, they're worth 3 billion fucking dollars. Yep. So they built they built a brand, right? And most of that was within Web three. I don't see a lot of Web two like people like really rocking, you know, board ape stuff. Uh, what I want to do is I want to bring people in from Web two, you know, through the brand itself. Um, I'll just tell you one of the one of the things that we're working on right now that's going to be launching here in the next couple of weeks is, you know, we're going to be putting like panda heads on our on our hems, right? Just that just mm. the just the symbol, just the logo, um, and inside of it's going to be a QR code. So we're going to prompt everybody through uh, through apparel sales to then scan that code. It's going to link them back to a landing page. It'll have a video showing like what the lifestyle brand's about. It's going to show like, you know, John Jones rocking it and the celebrity poker game we threw and Vegas parties that we've thrown and pandemonium and use all of this excitement and this, this you know, lifestyle brand um, to then push people into the NFT world. I like that. It's funny that you say that because like Board Ape, right? Like they blew up. I wouldn't say only Web3 because they use a lot of influencer marketing. Like to its core, that's really what it was, right? It's just they just had every single major celebrity say, hey, you need a Board Ape. You need to spend this much money because this just makes you fucking cool. And it's the most expensive NFT on earth, right? So they pretty much had a like really unique selling angle, which is like, this is the monkey. This is the culture. It costs a lot of money and only you can afford it. Yeah. So when I look at like Campi Pandas, for example, um, is the focus for you guys to turn into like full blown entertainment nightclub and be like, Hey, you need this NFT access in order to access this type of lifestyle, this type of merch, this type of people, uh, so on and so forth. That's kind of Absolutely. what you guys are aiming for. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's all about exclusivity, but you can do exclusivity by also bringing outsiders in, you know, if you bring them into apparel, you don't token gate that kind of stuff. I'm against that. And then what yep. you do is you say, okay, 
we're not going to token gate all of this, right? Because we want people to, to understand and recognize the brand and rock with it. What we're going to do is we're going to do smaller collaboration drops, you know, with, with certain rappers and certain brands yep. and then token gate that kind of stuff. So then that way there's a, there's a driven demand, you know, to, to own a Panda, for example, because now you have access to all of this cool stuff. You know, Pandemonium is going to be a festival that we throw every year. Uh, we've got some wild ideas this year. I don't know if you know, but we partnered up with Karate Combat. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, so, no yeah. So Karate Combat's a physical fighting league. Uh, they're based out of Miami. Uh, they gave us a large amount of their token allocation. Uh, hmm. and, and we're going to be giving that back to our people through a fantasy. Uh, they, they can go through and play like fantasy sports, like on Karate, you know, based on Karate Combat's fights. Um, and it's, it's, it's nearly seven figures. So wow. our, our, yeah, our people are going to be competing for that. So I've got ties to karate combat. I've got ties to first round management. Uh, they're going to be, uh, advisors on the board. They manage 150 athletes. So one of the things that we're going to do this year with pandemonium specifically is we're actually going to turn it into a concert like we did last year, but also have a ring and we're going to set up, you mm. know, we're going to have, let the pandas fight each other. We're going to have professional fights. We'll have like celebrity boxing and tie it all into one event. So you've got a DJ playing wow. in between rounds. You got a DJ playing in between fights. And then after three nice. or four fights, we might stop it, have a rapper come out and do a 30 to 40 minute set, just something completely different than anybody's done. Uh, and, and everybody I've talked to that, that that's in that industry is like, holy shit. Yes. If we do this right, it can be huge because it hasn't been done before. And all this crossover boxing and fighting is starting to explode. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's funny that you say that because uh, when I think about it now, it's like it raises the idea of like, you buy this NFT, here's what you get, right? But in reality, right now, the NFT space, you buy this NFT, when's the price go up? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when I look at this, like I'm comparing it to college, for example, pay, people pay enormous amounts of money for college, you end up getting a bachelor's degree that gets you a job to make money, right? You get no value back in return, in, in reality. So when I'm looking at NFTs now, it's like, okay, we have the version of like, you buy the NFT and the price goes up, but now you have this NFT and you use that money that you pretty much spent to get access to events like this. Right. Right. So for you right now, between building the brand, which is like the events, the boxing, the influencers versus making the price go up, is that still a focus or is more the focus on here's the value that you guys get for buying this NFT? It's not about the price. It's about the experience. So I look at it this way. It's, it's all about the experience. And, and I've said this from day one, all you need is one Panda to be able to get in, to have, a, to, to have access to this. If you look at it, like guys have, have been spending insane amounts of money on membership to a golf course, right? Yep. Yep. And, and they, and they, when they go, they might, they may pay 50 K to get in and then they pay monthly dues and cart fees and everything else. But 99% of them, they don't even own that. Nope. You can't sell it to somebody else, right? That's that's the way most golf courses work. With this, it's a membership pass to football, to UFC, to concerts, to festivals, to private parties that we throw, to all these different things. But yet you still get to sell your access later as well, which is, to me, the game changer between NFT-based memberships and just regular memberships. Um, so yeah, that's 100% that's of it. But... The way I look at it as well is if I can grow the brand and make it big out in web two, then, you know, the, the correlation will happen and, and money will flow back towards the, towards the ecosystem as well. 
Yeah. For you guys to make money in Web2, like throwing events, I'm guessing it's really more of a sponsor game, right? It's like bringing on sponsors that are ready to allocate or sponsor for the events. Is that kind of like the main source of revenue as well for the company right now? Or is there any other ways? Yeah, yeah. So right now, like um, we've got a sponsorship with uh, Gamdom and, the, and they sponsor our, our social casino that we're launching on March 30th. Nice. So they pay us a, a, a hefty monthly fee, you know, just for the sponsorship spot. Um, I threw a celebrity poker match in Vegas right before the night before the John Jones fight. Uh, it was a blast. We had Njoku, the tight end for the Browns. We had wow. documentary uh, was there. Uh, Mount Kawa that runs uh, first round. Roy Jones Jr., Anthony Pettis, Frank Mir. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Michael Johnson. And it was it was a blast, dude. We threw a party at my boy Hooney's house. He was he was nice enough. We had the rug pulled on us like last second. We had we had uh, we had Mayweather's old penthouse like on the 52nd floor overlooking Vegas and word got out because it got too big and the HOA wow. called me like, you guys are out. So <laughs> literally I'm, I'm in Vegas three days before we're throwing this event. My boy Hooney uh, was like, just come throw it at my house. Well, we go to his house. It's fucking 20,000 square feet. We're playing the poker game, right? We set up a poker game. He's got bowling lanes in his living room, like behind. So we ended up throwing wow. a party with like 150 people. Um, and then people that, that I didn't know were just, were just randomly showing up. You know, Joey wow. Ingram uh, hosted the poker game. It was super dope. Had everybody had a blast. Um, and that kind of content creation too is going to be a major focus for us going forward as well. Yeah. Look at like, you know, the way Barstool, you know, sports started or no yep. boys or whatever, you know, content creation is king. So if you pair, if you pair up brand awareness through apparel and then consistently putting out dope content that people want to, you know, watch, whether it be through hybrid poker games or, you know, we're in talks talking about like, doing uh, like a golf gambling show with a couple of people. Um, mm. so we're we're going to be putting out some really cool stuff that that nobody in the NFT industry has even tried. You strike me as a really good poker player that probably degens a fuck ton. I'm fucking horrible. <laughs> I'm the worst poker player on the planet. Here's my problem. I have no patience whatsoever. I'll sit down at a Baccarat table and I want to know if I win in like seven seconds. I can't. Do you I can't. have any crazy stories losing a lot of money? Uh, yeah, that, a lot. <laughs> a I lot. need to hear one. You got to tell us one. Tell us yeah, one. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I think, I think Blockhead, you know, Blockhead, oh, Blockhead. No, no I'm, he, I don't he's think a great so. writer. He's got a good following on Twitter. He's okay. got a, he, he's writing a book and it has a, it has a chapter in there on me. Wow. And, and coming to Vegas and, and I came to Vegas, he hung out with me and he watched me fire pretty heavy clips for about an hour. So <laughs> I'll let you know when that comes out. <laughs> I got to see this. Now you're getting me excited to read a book. I've never <laughs> been this excited to read a book. Uh, you guys just brought on John Jones. How did that yeah. happen? Walk me through it. That's big. Johnny sure. Bones, right after a big dub. He's been out for quite a while. So I'm pretty sure that was a hefty price tag as well. Yeah. So what happened was, is Malky Kawa is a good buddy of mine. Uh, he owns First Round. They're based out of Miami. They manage John Jones, Masvidal, Bo Nickel, uh, Njoku, wow. 150 athletes. So we had, we had a deal with... Um, Oh, Ilya Tapuria. So he's like eighth at 145, I think. Uh, future champ coming up. So we had a deal with him. Uh, and then they called me. I don't know. It was probably sometime in February, like early February. And then they called mm -hmm. me and they're like, hey, you know, what do you think about John Jones? I'm like, he's amazing. What, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> they're like, no, what do you think about him? Like, you know, join it. And I was like, I don't know. So I said, look, I'd be interested if there was if there was an apparel deal involved, I'd be very interested because that's yeah. really what I was wanting to put some focus on. And so we got to talking. I told them, I said, look, I've got to talk to John personally and make sure he rocks with the brand. I don't, 
I'm, I'm never going to get in a spot where I just pay somebody to, to, to do something for us. I refuse yeah. to, um, if they don't actually like the brand. And so we got on the phone, we talked for like 45 minutes. He's like, absolutely love the brand. It's, it's refreshing. It's different. It's totally different from, you know, all the shit that comes out of like MMA, you know, apparel yeah. wise, like it's really bad. Um, <laughs> and, and we're not, we're not athletic gear anyway. We're streetwear, yeah. you know, but he was like, I rock with it. So we put the deal together really fast because he was fighting in 30 days, you know, yeah. it was like February 4th, he's fighting on March 4th. So we weren't planning on launching any apparel until probably like late April because we had so much stuff going on anyway, but we've like really rushed this deal, put out, you know, the apparel, got it done. He wore it on, you know, media day, uh, UFC seen by, you know, tens of millions of people, you know, he, he drove in, in Panda trucks. We had, you know, Panda decals on all the trucks wow. driving up it. So it was all over UFC, all over every other, you know, sports, uh, channel as well. It's a big deal. And it's, it's not just that wasn't a one-time deal, you know? So we're his official apparel brand, his official streetwear brand. Um, you'll see him again in July when he fights Stipe. Uh, he'll be, he'll be rocking Panda as well. Ilya's probably going to fight either in June or on the same card with John. He'll be rocking it at that time as well. Um, April 1st, Roy Jones Jr.'s team's going to be rocking it. He's fighting Anthony Pettis uh, on one of uh, those, those crossover boxing cards. Nice. What type of ROI do you look for? Like when that happens, by the way, that's huge. Like I remember, I think I seen the Panda hoodie and that's when I really honestly first started looking into uh, yourself and the project. So big move there, but what type of ROI do you expect? Like for somebody who has never done influencer marketing, for example, or these other NFT projects that are trying to come out the bubble, it's like, okay, I go get somebody this big. What can you expect in return? What is the focus? Right now, this early, I'm looking for a break even. Like, yeah. And, and then once I hit a break even, then I can start to add another one and then I can hit a break even and I can start to add another one. Um, but, you know, the great thing about apparel is like if it takes off, it can really, really take off. You know, mm -hmm. uh, if people start rocking with it, if you can get it into, you know, like retail streetwear stores, that type of thing, they start buying. Plus, you've got on site on, you know, on uh, online sales as well. Um, and it's I'll just say this it's going it's going really, really well right now. Ecom, all e-commerce focused. All e-com right now. But we're in talks oh, yeah. right now with 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 certain stores and their big name stores uh, that that might carry our stuff here here soon. That's awesome. That's incredibly awesome. Um, is there any other ambassadors you guys plan on bringing on or not plan? I'm sure there is, but is there any anybody like you're like, hey, I got my eyes on him. This is who I want. Yeah, so we're gonna start branching out more. Um, we're gonna stick with with MMA, you know, quite a bit. Uh, but with that said, we're we're branching out into NFL and and some other areas as well, and then. Another big one is, is going to be college for us. So, you know, doing like, you know, imagine, uh, imagine the hoodie with, uh, you, you know, Florida state colors or Miami colors or Duke colors or whatever. And then you get the basketball team to rock it, or you get the football team to rock it, you know, and then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of the hottest thing on campus. I like that. Talk me, I want to take a little bit step back here. Then I want to talk about the announcement you guys just dropped today on, uh, on the project and the, and the soft staking. But I think, I don't know how much you've spoken about your personal story, but it seems like you have a lot of experience in other things, right? And that experience is kind of translating now into Web3. Where does that come from? Is it the real estate? Like how long have you been doing this entrepreneurship thing for? So when I turned 20 years old, I moved to Mexico. And I lived there for five years in central Mexico. I ran a sewing factory. That was the family. That was a family business. And so I lived there for five years. I would come back once a year, either Thanksgiving or Christmas. So 
I grew up there a lot. You know, I was a young kid kind of aimlessly wandering, um, learned a culture, learned a second language, learned business, learned how to manage people. Uh, and then when I came back, I got into sales, doing real estate sales, crushed that, uh, but hated it. Just didn't want to, you know, do it at all. Um, and then I launched my first business when I was probably like 27, grinded on that for a good two to three years before I ever saw a dollar out of it. It was just, it was just nonstop work. Um, and, and I feel like that's where most people screw up is, is just they don't have the, the mentality to stick around through the hardship. And that's where most people fail. Um, it's kind of like that old joke of like, you know, a gambler always quits right, right before he hits it big, you know, or yep. the guy with the pickaxe. Um, but it's true and it's true in certain circumstances. And so, you know, one thing about me is like, I continually grind, continually grind and, and I'll make it work. You know, even if it's not the biggest thing, I'm going to make it successful in some type of way. Uh, and if you look at like the way that's translated over to the pandas, like, I mean, let's be honest, most people would have, would have quit after seven months and it not minting out. I mean, most people quit, you know, seven days. Yeah. in seven days, right. Or hours after the mint, they quit. Um, so, so the fact that, that I've already had this, this experience, I've experienced so many failures in business. Uh, it wasn't really, it was tough to go through, but at the same time, I knew I'd get through it and eventually succeed. And, and here we are. I love that. And um, do you think pandas has been the most, I guess, educating business for you in terms of like life experience and business experience? Or you think you've learned more outside of Web3? No, I've learned a lot more outside of Web3, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like when you move to a different country and you don't speak the language and you run a, a sewing <laughs> factory with 500 employees, that teaches you a lot about yourself. Um, yeah. and, and you're not used to, you know, you don't have those same comforts at home that you had. I mean, just all kinds of things go into it. So that was probably my biggest learning experience, uh, building, building something from the ground up uh, outside of Web3. You know, I built a property management company into, into a pretty big deal. Uh, that, was, that was probably much harder um, <laughs> than, than doing this project. Uh, but yeah, I mean, NFTs, is, it's interesting. It's interesting in building in a bear market versus a bull market for sure. Because yeah. if you look at half this garbage that took off in the bull market, it's laughable. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean... It's, it's helped, but I'll say this, like, as far as building the foundation for the pandas, I don't think it, I don't think it would have been any better than, than what we've gone through right now in the long run. Yeah. And I, again, you guys took a very unique approach, which is like the multi-chain, right? It's like now the multi-chain thing is like a hot narrative ever yeah. since Frank was like, Hey, we're going to move. And then yeah. you, you see the pudgies and you see these other projects, but was there always like kind of commitment to do that? Or you, you were just like, Hey, we're not selling out on ETH. So we might as well just go other places and see what happens. Yeah. The, the mint was just so busted. It was like, why not try it? You know? And, yeah. and honestly, Primo's a G and when he comes to you and says, let's do it, you just do it. You know? Um, yeah, it was, it was totally a fluke thing. Now, now, you know, everybody wants to do it, right? You know, it's like, and there's a lot of benefits to it, you know, yeah. upside, you know, downside protection probably being the biggest um, upside protection. We'll see probably in a couple of years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was obviously we're one of the, one of the leaders in that, in that area. Um, and, and you see, you're starting to see like little pudgies went over there. Um, I think a couple of more talking about it. Um, I think you'll see more yeah. projects going over there. And I'm a fan of that. Like, I don't look at it as a copycat deal at all. I look at it as like, Everybody should be doing this. Yeah. And I, I've heard, this is rumors, that a lot of these chains that are, you know, recruiting, I guess, NFT projects are putting out some hefty dollar amount, right? They is are. that Was that the case for you guys as well? You guys missed out on the big bag because it's cool now. Now, here, here's the problem is if you're omni-chain, you don't really necessarily, you can't secure that bag because your people yeah. can leave the ecosystem. 
right? Mm. Like, so if I say, Hey, I want, you know, $3 million, they're going to say, okay, well, how are you going to guarantee me that people stay here and trade here because they can port over to ETH or another chain in, in two minutes. Right. So mm. that's, that's really not the case for me. Um, it, it shouldn't be the case for anybody, to be honest. Like, look, if, if somebody wants to look, if somebody wants to pay me, if I launch another collection and somebody wants to pay me a huge bag to come on, I'd probably do it. Like it's, it's probably the better thing for the project. Is it the better thing for the holders? Probably not. Like they should have free reign to go wherever they want. Yeah. Have you guys had ideas of launching another project or not yet? Uh, we've had ideas. <laughs> Is we it coming? We still haven't launched last chain yet. <laughs> when does that drop? Uh, I think I, I said it in a space earlier today. So I just got off the phone with our final chain about an, two hours ago. Um, that deal's wrapped up. We're good to go. And we're probably going to make an announcement, I'd say, within two to three weeks and launch nice. within a month. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So you guys have a lot already going on. Yeah. The event's coming up. Obviously, another mint, essentially, or the, the final phase of the mint. You just launched soft staking. So walk me through that. Uh, let's dive into this. This is exciting. This is big news for you guys. For sure. So, you know, when we were back in like September, October, even before that, probably August, you know, we start to realize, all right, you can only grow so big by doing in real life events, right? If you're throwing yep. Vegas events, Miami, I don't care where you're throwing them. If you're throwing them in Zurich, I don't give a shit. Like you're geographically kind of handicapped there. So I said, okay, we've got to build something out. Um, and we're an NFT project anyway. We need to build something out that users across the planet can use, right? And bring in tens of millions of more people that have eyes on a project that, that they can't necessarily go to a football game or don't even want to go to a football game. doesn't matter. So what we did was we spent the next six months building out what we're launching uh, on March 30th, which is we're calling it our PP decks. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's a... PP decks, it's the Panda Builder, it's gaming, it's casino, it's marketplace. So essentially what we've done is I'm not a fan of staking. I've been very vocal about this over the past couple of years. I think it's a, a fake solution to lock up supply and pump price. Yep, yep. So we did the same thing. We just have a centralized point system. Um, it doesn't need to be on chain right now. There's, there's really no benefit to it. So we're doing a centralized point system. And what we've done is we've built 100 and I think roughly like 110 tiers uh, that accrue points at a different rate. So you've got, you know, one of ones and then rares all the way down to, you know, your base panda. And the cool thing about this is what we've done is, is we've introduced what we're calling dynamic rarity. So even if you have a floor panda at the lowest level, you can, you can use your points to then purchase items in the marketplace, change the metadata, customize your panda, you can personalize it. And then you can also move up in tiers by doing so and then earning more points because you're in a higher tier. So it's a pretty cool system that we've built. Uh, it all works seamlessly together. You can take those points, go to the casino. You can come back. You can move them back. You can move them between your pandas. Um, and then you build like an inventory. <laughs> so I look at it very similar to like the Roblox model. You know, mm -hmm. if you look at it like Robux, you're buying a skin. But what we've introduced on top of that is a dynamic rarity so that people can take a floor panda and, and move it all the way up the ranks, you know, into the, say, the top 15% and earn at a much higher rate. So now people have control over, over their own destiny, I guess, when it comes to ranking instead of having static rankings. I love that. And especially the idea, I think I told you before this call started, it's like the idea of like, hey, I can get a floor panda and make it way cooler. It just seems like a, 
it makes all the sense, right? It's like, I want to play the game. If I need to play the game, my character needs to level up and here's how. Right. So genius yeah, so, idea. Congratulations yeah, so it's, on that. It's, it's really a game within a game. You know what I mean? So yeah. just, just by doing these things, it's you've built this game within a game. And then you've also got... You've got a casino, you got a sports book, you got a poker room that they can also, you know, have fun and enjoy in. What I wanted to build was like an engaging ecosystem that that people enjoy. And, the, and it's stuff that people are already doing. We're not saying, hey, we're going to build a metaverse game, you know, and you're going to walk around and talk to your friends in the metaverse. Like this is stuff that people enjoy doing already. Why not give them access to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I heard you say three things about which is the 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 gambling, the games, the casino, right? You're missing one core thing I feel like a lot of people don't have in the Twitter space. Do you know what I'm talking about? What's that? Girls. You haven't said anything about girls. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point do all of these holders that are going to events, going to the casino, going to these lifestyle parties, start seeing girls in Web3? Right. When's all that coming in? All you need to do is look at any video of any party that we've thrown <laughs> and tell me there's not girls. I assure you, I will not throw a party that, that is not loaded with girls. I'm like providing that. an experience here. Because <laughs> that's the most important thing, right? At least for a lot of these guys. I, I, I remember being at NFT Paris and everybody's seen the videos. I don't know if you remember the meme went viral. Yeah, oh, like yeah, yeah, a big course. mosh pit, not one girls in this space. And I was in that mosh pit, by, yeah. <laughs> by the way. But uh, yeah, that's a big thing, right? It's lacking in the space. Is there anything that you guys are working on specifically to like onboard women influencers? Is that a focus at all? It is to an extent, but at the same yeah. time, our core demographic is going to remain 20 to 55 year old males. Like it's built around gambling. It's built around sports. It's around, it's built around this stuff. Now, of course, we're going to be inclusive, you know, and the great thing about the marketplace is it gives us the ability to bring in more female related items. Right. So now these these women can come in and buy a panda and then dress it up however they want to. Right. So. So we're going to offer that. Uh, but as far as that goes, like core demographics going to be the core demographic. We can, we can say we're going to change it all we want to, but you're not, but yeah, all you have to do is go back and look at our pandemonium video. I'll send you a clip of it later from last year and you'll see. Do you think the space will ever change in terms of like just recruiting more women and making it like more inclusive, I would say, or you think it's always going to be like collectibles, digital collectibles. It's a men's thing. It's always going to be a men's thing. I think it will be. Um, you know, if it's, if it's done in the right way, I mean, if we look at like, you know, my, my girls spend probably nearly as much time as, as my son does on the computer now. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think the younger generation that that's more into this stuff as they get older and turn 18 in the early twenties, then, then you'll start to see more of it. I just, I just don't think we're there yet. Yeah. I personally think like now that I think about it is uh, I think social media really took off when more women like started posting on it and just like for sure took it over. Right. Cause it's like the guys who have nothing else to do is like, they just want to look at women all day. Yeah. So I feel like the, the next big step for like NFTs and my three, like makes sense. Like let's get some more chicks in here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree, but you know, I mean, if you look at like the collections that have been launched, you know, specifically for women, I mean, 90% of those were, were launched by men and held by men. Right. Like they were just yeah. wanting a number to go up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. That's the biggest problem. Let me ask you this. I guess this is another hot topic here is like, what type of relation do you see like crypto and AI doing over the next few years? Is there anything you see that can change the way our industry, our landscape in terms of NFTs is going to get evolved with AI? I don't. And I, and I'm and believe me, AI is not my space whatsoever. I yeah. barely even look into it. So that's, that's just way outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen some crazy, I don't know if you've been keeping up on, I'm, I'm going to assume you're not like there's people launching businesses pretty much following step-by-step -step instructions from AI. Yeah. 
hundred percent NFT projects, running companies. Like it's it's getting weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was on a call with um with one of my advisors the other day, and they were like, Yeah, we were playing around with this podcast, right? With a with a very, very top A-list celebrity. And they said yeah. we literally laid out the podcast setup, how it should be run, and what guests should be brought on, depending on what topics. Like he said we ran the whole thing through AI. Wow. Yeah. I need that. I mean, I use it a little bit to like transcribe stuff, you know, give me content yeah. out of it, but not like that. That sounds crazy. I did see the one, I don't know if you've seen, it was Steve Jobs with Joe Rogan, full podcast, AI automated. No, I haven't seen that. It's crazy. It's audio only. There's this uh, website. It's pretty much like, I think it's podcast.ai and they literally just have like dead people or like very influential people in conversation that have never been had. They just sit there and they just talk and it sounds so organic. It's like shit's going to get nuts. so creepy over the next few years. Yeah, it really is. Um, cool. I guess another question here that comes to mind is like, um, next step if to onboard more users into the Pandas ecosystem. I know we talked about the merge. We talked about the events. If you were to say in a short, sweet way, it's like, why should people come into this space or into your project specifically? What would you say? Yeah, I'd say it's probably the most well-rounded project to come out of the space. Um, you got experienced leaders that are driving it. We built businesses before. Uh, my team is incredible. So major props to them. You know, we've got a killer Web3 aspect that we're launching at the end of March. Uh, that's going to be, you know, to me, that opens us up to tens of millions of people um, that aren't necessarily interested in the in the in real life stuff. But the in real life stuff, for sure, is is always going to be like a core attribute of of what we're building because that's what that's what our core you know demographic is. That's what our long term holders you know are interested in. Um, so that's not going to change. Uh, but yeah, I mean, expanding the brand, just brand visibility, brand notoriety is going to be big for us as well, because we're going to take that and we're going to shift them. You know, we're going to funnel them down to the web three side. Now, all of them won't be interested and that's fine. Of course. But there will be a certain percentage that will be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of obviously funneling them in, Amazon's coming up to the marketplace. They're picking 15 projects. I'm trying to figure out, are you guys one of them or not? No, we're not. I, I, I did talk to um, a couple of people a few months ago uh, that was doing yeah. like a launch pad for Amazon. And I just, I wasn't a fan of what they were doing. Can you talk about that at all or no? I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they said they were, there was pretty strict NDAs, but I did get some uh, a little bit of alpha from yeah previous founders, I guess, of other projects that are confirmed. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Are you bullish on it as a whole or not? Look, what anytime, kind of impact do you think it's going to have? <laughs> Tell me, give it to me that way. I, I'll just say this: and unless it's like a major focus of Amazon's, which I don't personally think it will be. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at everybody else that's, that's done it so far, I mean, Instagram lasted what, a couple of months, right? <laughs> and, and that's a perfect platform for NFTs, right? It's all about yeah. pictures. It's all about, you know, just, just scrolling the feed really quickly. I just don't know how much impact Amazon's going to have from a, from a, like delivering users to, to NFTs. That's just my personal opinion. I hope I'm proven wrong. I, you know, I hope it, I hope it onboards millions and millions of people. Like I'd love to see it. Yeah. It's going to be a grind. I mean, yeah, I, I personally don't see it as well. And I think a lot of people are having uh, trouble understanding, like, how is Amazon going to onboard people with NFTs? Is it going to be digital collectibles with my purchases? Is it going to be like an access pass instead of Prime? Like, how is that going to work? Yeah. And, and how much will they really even integrate anyway? You know what I mean? How much, how yeah. much exposure are they going to give it? Because they're not going to kill, like, their core product by yeah. shoving NFTs in your face. It's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, it's definitely the side chick for sure for them. Side chick, side project. Um, any other projects in the space that you guys really like? Uh, you're bullish on that you like to collaborate with, do events with, et cetera, or no? Yeah, um, I like Pudgies because it's it's Luca's. I guess Luca's very similar in his thought process of like expanding out into Web two, you know, with collecting yeah. toys and that type of stuff and, and generating IP. So I think he's doing a good job with that. And I also like experienced leaders um, that have experience in in what they're trying to do. Uh, mm -hmm. And he's done it before, right? Like he had a lot of success with his with his toy before. Um, so it's it's just product fit for him and he knows how to do it. And it's the same yeah. thing with me, like as a founder, like I know how to throw parties. I know how to throw events, like, and it's not easy to do. I mean, as, you, as yeah. you've as seen, you know, from a lot of the NFT events, you know, half this shit's completely botched. They can't control the door. They can't control, you know, anything. But you have to have experience in that. You have to hire the right people and put the right people in place to, to do like high production stuff. Um, and so I've been doing that for years and that's what I'm good at. So, you know, you got to find a, you got to find a, a leader that has experience because you can't just give it, it's, and it's unfair. It's unfair to a lot of founders that are actually trying in the space, Yeah. but a lot of them are really young, right? You get, you can't give a 22, 23 year old kid three or $4 million and say, go build something. Right. Because the odds of him succeeding at that are going to be very minimal to say the least. Um, and, and that's kind I mean, of, we've seen it. Yeah. We've yeah, seen we've it. Seen like it out of all country. the 20 year olds that launch project, you can only name two right now or three, right? Right. Luca, Frank, Wob, like yeah. That's pretty much about it. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, you know, we'll see, we'll see who all lasts, you know, a year from now, two years from now, you know, especially with royalties being cut out. Now <laughs> I think they'll eventually come back, but it's going to be very interesting to me to see. I, I feel like here's where we have a major leg up is we're creating other revenue sources where most yeah. projects don't. Most projects just rely on on royalties to continue to build. And as that dries up, you know, so does so does their capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever see yourself stepping away from from the pandas? No. Or you think I mean, it's it, gonna be no, at this point I'm having so much fun, dude. I'm selling fucking digital pandas and, and throwing parties <laughs> like it can't get any better than that, honestly. Yeah, I feel that. Well, cool. Besides that, that's all the questions I had for you today. If there's anything else you want to talk about, we can kind of dive into it right now. If not, we can call it it. Nah, I'm good, brother. Thank you so much, Bags, for hopping on the podcast. Make sure you guys check out the pandas below. Check out Ice as well. We'll link them down below, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.